Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay. And Brad. Wait. Wait. I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an All act. Right. All right. section your favorite well that was weird boys that was weird jay sorry i'm hungry it means it's late and we're doing this week in news together whoa what do you got for me because you know i got nothing yeah you do got surf report oh surf report and we have a a national (sighs) champion surfer coming up for our asthetic bad a it was awesome i'm so you guys are so you're pretending like it hasn't happened we have to pretend like we haven't done that because oh. they're going to set after. So he's coming up later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean... Yeah, We've already interviewed awesome. him. We already interviewed. Yeah, you're getting... So you anyways. know. Yeah. Audience. We, we'll be honest with you, audience. We already interviewed the national surf champion, uh, a national surf champion, and uh, it's going to be great. His so, story is awesome. Pull up surf report. Uh, it's, I can already tell you. You so have memorized? It's one to three. Well, it said two to three, but from what I hear, it's been one to three. We've had a deep fog... That has been like, uh, you can't even Mids see it. of darkness. Mits of darkness. You can't see on the cam. So we fall, if you're living on the coast, right, you check surfline all the time before you go down there. You can see pretty good quality of what the waves look like. You can't see a thing over the last couple of days. But no. it's one to three. There was supposed to be some swell this week, but it is dying quick. And looks like it's going to be one to three till, uh, till about Sunday or Monday. Which is week. good news when you're teaching your son little When you're teaching children's. your five-year-old, except for he's got a cold right now from the last time I took him uh, surfing for four hours. And now he's got like a really bad cold. So they sold no ocean all right so let's anyways get, let's get right to news let's go to the news baby you want uh churchy news or do you want addiction news first want... or should we talk about our podcast stats let's talk about the um podcast stats well uh canada is still ranked up there for the second highest country Dude, i love outside it outside of u.s never been there but you guys are awesome check out this new one Suriname. Mm-hmm. never heard of that s-u-r-i-n-a-m-e that's a country israel Two, right there, number six wow, in awesome. Italy. But Suriname, where the heck is Suriname? We have to look that up. Man, let's look up that. Where is that? You stuff? don't have that memorized? Nope. Suriname is a small country on the northeastern coast of South America. Oh, it's in between Guyana and French Guyana. Interesting. Okay. Crazy. Uh, what do they Close speak there? Language, Dutch. Hey. Ah, speak up the Dutch. Okay, Wait, what? Is that how it works? Tony? Um, but we had Netherlands on. Hey, I got other news. My mustache is coming back. I just noticed on the reflection of the. You, you talked about growing on our uh, microphone. Yep. Your mustache is solid. Wait till it comes back full. I'll post an Instagram post. Please do. Well, again, we're starting to get more and more uh, shout outs or comments on Facebook. Just search the Next Step Podcast Instagram. But we need you guys to like uh, to like it and comment so that way when other people look at it, it, it pops up in their feed. Are people? Sh- are you audience? Are you afraid to share it? Like, click share. Hey, check out this nice, cool podcast. Back in the day, I would have never shared about addiction. So I can understand can if you're you, not there is yet. Is there some hesitancy on that, you think? Yeah, because you, why are you sharing addiction? I didn't know you're an addict. Are you an addict? Right, that's what people yeah, are afraid okay. people are going to say that. But if you go to, if, if you're following us on Instagram, you see my page. I, in fact, if you're looking at like comments or likes or things, the ones that have to do with addiction have the most like uh, reaction from people, you know, and like recovering. People love, people love. Yes, there are people in this world that like to tear people down, but however, what I found is people love a recovery story. They do. They love to see that someone fell down and got back up. Hey, listen to this guy's Boom. story. Listen to this girl's story. Yep. That so might share be, it. That might be a way to share it. Yep. Um, okay. 
Um, okay, I, church news or what yeah, are you doing? Uh, PBS NewsHour okay. titled Millennials Haven't Forgotten Spirituality. They're just looking for a new venue. Oh, yeah. We talked about this the other day. In the car. But the, that was today. Yeah. Was it today? Yeah, I think so. So the Christian world uh, began Lent, uh, six-week period before Easter. We're in Lent right now. And Harvard did a study and shows that millennials, I think you're considered a millennial, aren't you? Yeah. Are, are you? I'm, I'm, I'm way the age past of 33. It. Or is it when you're born? That's From uh, 2000 on. We, we have this thing called the internet. So millennials, person reaching adulthood in the early 21st century. So uh, typically uh, born in the 80s. Birth rate starting in the mid-90s. That's me! Okay, so you're a millennial. 86. So, so your generation is leaving traditional religion. That's funny. I found traditional li- religion. And I'm a millennial. But it's interesting. The Harvard showed that uh, they're not necessarily becoming less religious. They're just turning into, they're finding, they're finding quote, their own religion. Ooh. Which turns they're into things cast. like CrossFit. Yeah. Yoga, yeah. surfing, uh, uh, veganism, a lot of isms. Um, I think the that's end. the case because we're we're tribal in nature, right? And so we we want it's all about camaraderie. Like we, there's a certain part of us in our DNA that we we lump together. We need to be with it. We're well, they're like pack animals, man. We need to be with people. And so when you go to those things like CrossFit, when you go to a yoga class, like when I was doing yoga over the summer, you remember that? Was the, yeah, was I loved court. it. I loved it. And like there's like 40 or 50 men and women that are in there, and they're there every week, and it's so challenging. It was like the hot yoga, and you're like, you start to like, man. You're overcoming fears and and things in there physically, but then all of a sudden you start bonding with people. Like I can see how you can get, and they all know each other, and it's like you can easily feel like you get what you like you need there, and there's nothing more you need. That makes sense because you have the camaraderie, you have the you know you have a sense of community, right? Yeah, but here, uh, what why we talked about this in the cardio? Why do we go to church? What's the purpose of going to an institution of religion? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a couple we, different we, things. We receive spiritual spirituality over yeah, there. Yeah, 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 for sure. Spirituality, you learn lessons about where you came from, why you're here, and where you're going. And for me, it reminds me that I need to be focused on other people, not myself. Bing! Where in some of those aspects, it's like, all. you know, the things you listed, right, that they were talking about, like uh, your gym or your... It's all about surfing. We love surfing. We love surfing. That's you spiritual easily, to me. Dude, yeah. I feel, sure. I feel great. I, I feel my like stress goes away. Yeah. I feel like I'm a better person after I surf. Totally. I connect with nature. Like, check, check, check. All but the... in the two, three hours, you start thinking about it. Like, man, those two, three hours, I didn't connect with anyone but myself. Right? And maybe your buddies, but you're not really out there. Like, sur- like I'm not serving anyone. Right? I'm, right. I'm literally well, serving myself. That's, that's kind of the, the, in my opinion, and I think the brethren have many talked about it. And, and maybe some of the reason people leave the church or other churches is, it's too much work. You do I that have, all the time. I have to prepare a lesson. They, I have to do oh, this. The commitments. I, they make me do this, which you don't force to do anything, but really it's to serve other people. Well, really, it's like if those and, people that left, like we always talk about this, but if those people that left, it, they, never, they didn't know how to say no. Like, it's okay. Like, if your life is like, okay, like we're in a situation, we've got these three little kids. I mean, like, there's there's times where we got to say like no to certain calling. Like, hey, man, I... I you, Bishop, you may not know this, but I'm going with X, Y, and Z. And sometimes they help you see that, like, oh, well, that calling will help you with that because you get out of yourself, right, and you serve. But it's okay to say no sometimes. And not, you know, anyways, but yeah. Um, how about this one? This quote, 
this awesome lady. Um, she, I think she doesn't mind me. She has a, a website called codependentmormon.com. But her, uh, she, she's asked That's to awesome. help us out on uh, our social media and our website. Oh, nice. Um, so I will be hitting you up. But her quote at the end of her email says, if you're too busy to feed the missionaries, you're busier than God ever intended you to be. Ooh. How's that? And you can put that anything. If you're too busy to teach a Sunday school class, Ooh. you're too busy to yeah. fill in the blank. Somewhere along the lines, Mormons thought that like work, work, work is all we need to do. Like, And some of the older... I think the older brethren back in the day when the church history and all that stuff, that was a time when things were being built, right? So there was a lot more, you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like when I learn about Hinckley growing up, like, it seems like when you learn about an apostle or prophet and you, and you watch those little biographies on them, I'm like, man, those guys accomplished so much in a 24-hour period. Like, I'm a bum. And then you start to like, okay, so I need to fill myself up with work, busy work or whatever to try to be something I'm not. When reality is it's like, like you just said, like, you're not measured by how much work you've done. It's it's about what the, the quality of work. Are you serving people? Are you are you surrendering every day to God? Are you think think about? I'll think about in my life. I'm going to talk on a couple of weeks about mm. how many people have helped me along my way, like my young men's leader, my priest quorum first assistant, who would call me when he didn't see me in church, and I'd all right, you know, uh, all these the behind people, every success, the people like serving in pri- in nursery that my. Oldest daughter freaked out going to nursery, and then one nursery leader got her to actually stay in nursery, and that so really changed her life. It, Think yeah. about it, people reached out to you. So yeah. um, selfishness uh, doesn't serve other people, you, but you, but I'm not saying you, anything bad about yoga. Serve like love that stuff. No, but, it's all great. Just just but, make sure you like realize like th- that's not enough, man. I've tried. I've tried to like. I've tried to conceptualize religion so many different times with so many different things and make do what exactly the millennials are talking about. So now I know why, because I'm a millennial. But uh, yes. it, it never, ha- it, never it, it doesn't work, man. It comes, you always end up empty. Before like, visiting Tahoe South, Alice Whoa, what's up, Ad? How you doing? Hey, okay, go pop on. Pop-up ads. Okay, okay, next article. Uh, Salt Lake Tribune, our favorite paper. Aren't they the ones that always talk trash on the church? They love us. Okay. <laughs> Muslims... Comma, Mormons viewed more favorably in America today than in 2014. Muslims what? Muslims and Mormons viewed more. Those are the only two that uh, on the uh, the highlight or the headline. Um, Muslims are the lowest rated group, have been pegged at 40%. So they have a scale. Judging by who? Between 0 and 100. You can go right now on Pew, fun, Pew, no. Pew Research. D- hands down, if you go on the internet right now, and if uh, when I listen to other podcasts that are secular... Everyone, when they talk about Mormons, they always say, man, they're the... In fact, I was just looking on something the other day, and they were talking... Oh, it was on the Mormon addiction thing on Facebook, but there was a bunch... I noticed on a post, the people who were commenting weren't Mormon. They were just saying, I'm not a member of your faith or anything, but Mormons are the best. Dude, it was just all nothing but... It's usually uh, disenfranchised Mormons that talk crap on church. Obviously. But Obviously, we know people that just have their butt hurt. But... um, Anyways, but, yeah, so, I think the general public, when they talk about Mormons, though, they have but a But I think there's still a lot of, like, people, like you said, you didn't even know what a Mormon was when you were in high school. Yeah. You millennial? Yeah, I'm a millennial, man. Except for... Southern California. Um, so, so this Pew Research had a scale of 0 to 100, uh, and it had people rank religions. Uh, Muslims have the lowest. Irony and, about Muslims? They're the fastest growing religion. They are. Uh, it the does say population. in here, it does say in here, interesting, that... Um, so I don't know if I believe that either. Uh, the more President Donald Trump speaks against Muslims, the more people's attitudes are shifting in favor of Muslims, mm. at least among the Democrats and independents. 
Um, this was from an imam said that he's doing us a favor, and I think God is playing his quote Trump card. <laughs> oh, I did see, <laughs> see that pun on there. Yeah. Um, Jews have a sixty-seven. Catholics have a sixty-six. Evangelicals are sixty-one. Buddhist Hindus are sixteen fifty-eight. Uh, Mormons are at fifty-four. So we are ranked uh, a little below Jews, Catholics. Who's number one uh, for the least hated? Least. Um, Who looks, writes an article like this? Um, a gentleman named M. Noble. <laughs> Bless your heart, sir. Uh, I think it's interesting. You don't find that interesting? Mariah Noble. I think it's that survey's pretty bogus. Um, Allegedly. Can I say that? Members of the Utah based Church of Christ Latter day Saints earn their highest mark, 66, from Jewish adherents. So the Jews like us the most. And their lowest from atheists. So atheists don't like us. Atheists don't like a lot of things. Um, it doesn't compare atheists with other religions, but they may not. Um, it's interesting. So what do you think? Uh, mu- um, 65 and older had Muslims and atheists lowest, and they put Mormons uh, at 59. Well, so anyways, baby boomers. Yeah, baby boomers. So just they broke down a bunch of different groups, and what do they think? And I don't think that matters. I think it's interesting that millennials, we're in an age where millennials don't, uh, millennials are like more accepting of everyone. Yeah, I believe that. I think I heard something the other day they were talking about that, like where if you go to school now, it's like, it's cool to like try. It's cool to be like into something. You could say you're Mormon, people like it. I feel like, like, you know what I mean? Like we're just even, even back in the late 90s when I was in school, like you didn't admit that like you were trying at anything, right? It was so not cool to <laughs> not like. Not cool to try. It was not cool to try, man. Like just like with like. Uh, that was the grunge era. Yeah, right? that was Nirvana. Yeah, that was the grunge era. Big. Okay, last article, uh, Washington Post, in, the shocker headline, NFL abuse of painkillers and other drugs described in court filing. Is that shocking to you that uh, no, professional man. athletes are I abusing got, drugs? I got some good buddies who have played, um, played in the NFL and do they talk about, uh, and professional sports in general, they're just pumped. I mean, these are freak athletes. If you look at like 1950s pro football player to 2017, their weight and size. <laughs> they're ginormous. They're three times the size they were in 1950. Wow. So it's insane the amount of weight. And these guys are running straight at each other, smashing each other in there. These guys have to be pumped full of everything there can be, like in order to get up and play. I mean, these guys are these guys are Neanderthals, like doing an amazing sport. They're playing at such an elite level. Most of them are jacked so, up and, on and steroids. They, they have team doctors, so like you don't have to go find a dirty there's, doctor. They there's have, billions of dollars put into yeah. them being a freak athlete, a genetically modified athlete. No it's, hate on football. It's just, it's just gnarly. It's, I can't believe it's, it's a different put their sport. body through that. It's a different sport. I, most guys try to get out as soon as possible. They, re, they retire by 30 or 40, you know, th- I mean, sorry, 30, 35 years old. Because your body can't even take it much longer. Like they so, only last a few years. So according to the article, here's the numbers. The numbers could average out to maybe six or seven painkillers or injections a week per player. Probably per day, bro. That, that's my one buddy that's was that high. my buddy was saying like, well, yeah, it's because that's what they're putting on their findings. Yeah, but that's true. But reality is, he was like, dude, I had to get shots on my knees every game, like all the time. Like yeah. get in and out of the game, get in and out of the car, standing up. Dude, this is so gnarly, yeah. man. So that's. Um, are, and then uh, after, after their career's over, now oh. they're living with all those injuries. Because before, when you're in the sport, they're being jacked up on roids and then they just keep going. But imagine after how your body feels injury. like. Yeah. Crazy. Yes, I did like 20 push-ups yesterday and I could barely uh, move my <laughs> arms. So I can't imagine playing a football game. It's like after a week of surfing in Mexico, man. You're like dead, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Imagine like a career in football yeah. playing with 300-pound no. dudes 
that Darkling, are trying yeah. to kill you. I that's why I don't play. Yeah. My son started flag football though. Yeah, I talked to you about that. That's awesome. That's man. fun. Don't All right, let him do the, the t- tackle, man. I will not let him do tackle. Concussions are gnarly. Uh, that's all the news I have. Do you have any more? Did your mom send you any more? Nope. Anything you want to talk about? Nope. Which is true. I'm just stoked for this. I just want to get to our next sec- uh, section of this this podcast, man. The Ask the Addict. Just check it out, man. Don't turn this thing off. Kay. Share with your friends. Like it. Boom. We're going to uh, the next one will be your share. We're doing step. What step are we on? Step six. Step six. So we're going to drop your step six share, which is on change of heart. I did have a change of heart. I and continue to have a change of heart because it somehow finds its way back to pride, and then the Lord just keeps softening it. You got to keep going to meetings. You don't stop just because you got a little bit of recovery. You don't stop because you got your life back or whatever. Keep going because I promise you, if you're like me, you're going to have pride cycles. And so, uh, anyways, change okay. of heart's never ending. Enjoy your share. Boom. I am Jam and Act. <clears throat> Grateful to be here. Grateful that we're on step five. Um, this is a step that uh, was uh, a long road for me to get to this point where I was able to do step five and to do step four. And, um, but I did it, and I feel exactly that everything it talks about in this short – it's interesting how small this is, but like when you read step four, it's like four pages, and it's super long. It's got all these examples, a list of things which you're to say and do and suggestions, but this is very simple. You just you be it honest. Right, like you just do. It's honesty. It's confession, but you're doing it with rigorous honesty. And if you do that, the promise in in this step is exactly what happened in my life. And if it would have been any different, it would be hard to sit here and bear testimony that step five is a good thing. But it says, "Let peace come into your life." That's exactly what happened. Um, I uh, felt that right off the bat in this uh, in this step, where it talks about a common characteristic of many who have suffered from addiction is a sense of isolation. It wasn't just a sense for me. That was my life. And I was very, uh, you know, Xander knows we were friends way before I came into these meetings. And um, we were always the outgoing people that were connected with everyone and talked and had friends and this, that, and the other. But inside, I was 100% isolated. And uh, what I mean for that is, is how I really felt about my life, how I really felt about my fears, how I really felt about the challenges, the things that God asked me to do since joining the church. Um, a lot of things, just everything, and that was all inside. And um, even though we could, I could be in a room full of people and communicating and laughing and cracking jokes and having a good time. Inside, I was hurting, I was pain, and I was scared. And I realized that most of my life was lived in a, and still can be lived in a, in some form of isolation, whether it's small or it's large. It's um, it's not easy to to break those chains. But once again, it's very simple. Each step tells you exactly what to do and how to break it. And one thing I wrote is confession breaks a sense of isolation. Simple. That's if you want to simplify the step, you confess because this characteristic of, of addiction that it plagues us all and um, it can be broken. And it's very simple. There's not this giant formula. You just confess the things that – and that is not just in the big sense that they're asking here for this step. That's just calling your sponsor every now and then and checking in and saying, hey, I'm not – you know, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling this way today. I'm feeling this way this week or month. Or for some reason, I'm kind of a little bit nervous about this business thing that I'm dealing with or my family or whatever it is that you're dealing with. And if you do that, it breaks those chains of isolation and will keep you from staying there, which then can lead you to do things that we don't want to do, you know, outside of our, you know, 
our addiction and so, or sorry, outside of our isolation. So I'm grateful to, to be here tonight. I'm grateful that you guys are here. Obviously extremely grateful to be here for Nate and getting his chip. And um, I uh, met Nate, I can't remember how many years ago, but a few years back, and uh, he was right, right out of, right out of jail, and it was tough times. And um, and I remember thinking, man, dude, this guy's been through the ringer. But tell you what, man, you're a rock. And um, if you guys want an example of someone that 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 doesn't that doesn't quit no matter what comes his way, that's it right there at the end of the table. Um, and I mean that 100. percent We had this guy named Curtis that would come to. Um, the Thursday night meeting, like religiously every single week, and to me, you're you're Curtis in, in your own way, and um, and you're a rock. You really are. Um, I feel like uh, you know you've seen you've seen what this disease does, and uh, not only to the, those like to yourself, but to your loved ones. And um, the fact that you faced hell like straight on, and, and you didn't quit, it's a huge example to me in my life. And and I know in Lexi's who wishes she was here, and um, I know that uh, that we're blessed for your decision to to uh, to just move forward and and uh, and to face it head on. And you're just an amazing person, an amazing man, and, and your daughter's lucky to have you as a father. And um, I really feel that way, and I'm I'm grateful to know you, and uh, we're all better in here that we know you. And one thing that I also want to talk about is. Uh, says, we started to understand our tendencies towards negative thoughts and emotions, self-will, fear, pride, self-pity, jealousy, and self-righteousness and anger and resentments, unbridled passions and desires, and so on. Those thoughts and emotions were truly the exact nature of our wrongs. And uh, it's amazing what repentance can do and just opening that dialogue with someone can do to your life. Can't explain how just talking about something can break the chains of isolation in your mind the next day. You know, you have a conversation one day and all of a sudden the next day you're a little bit more open and a little bit more free feeling. That's what happens, that's what it does. And uh, the only way I can compare it is when I met with Mike, my sponsor, and uh, did step four and five, I drove home after a year being sober and still isolating. I felt for the first time like I came out up of water, like I was underwater and I couldn't breathe and I couldn't grasp, I was trying to grasp for air but I was underwater. And when I met with Mike, it was like someone just grabbed me by the by the back of the the shirt and just ripped me out of water. And then that's that's how freeing I felt. I felt like I could just breathe. And it was the most peaceful drive home. I was happy. I was excited. I was excited to see my wife and say I did it. Finally, I I, you know, I talked about things that I didn't want to talk about, and I just I did the program. I just I did the next step, and uh, and, and then I got to move on. And then you know the rest is history. And I'm grateful for you guys, and I love everyone that's in this room, and um, I really, truly feel lucky to be alive today and um, to be here with you and to share this moment with Nate, his mom, and his daughter. I love you guys, and just like I said, man, grateful to, to see your example and what it's done in my life, and I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I've got nothing to say
Ask the Addict. Right. Jay, we brought a special guest for you tonight. I know. I'm excited. You, we do a surf report in the beginning, and uh, we really do surf. And totally. we have with Sorry. us U.S. surfing champion, Jeff. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, brother? Well, we've resisted to give his last name, but he wants to sing from the mountaintops of recovery. <laughs> Get in here a little closer. All right. Um, but uh, he just won. Tell me, when was this last weekend? You were a crown champ? Uh, or no, are you reigning champion? I'm reigning champion right now, and I'm currently, I've won four of the nine events for this season for the Western Surfing Association and just won the last event last weekend at Oceanside, which gave me a really solid lead. Awesome. Going into one more contest and then the championship. So nice. Hopefully, I'm defending that championship of West Coast champion and U.S. champion. Sweet. Where was that at? Noshaside. Uh, South Jetty. Kind of funny. There was a shark. I was there just breaching. See, like just recently. Yeah, yeah they, breaching. Like an footer, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and and someone told me the story that they they go because the fresh water's coming out and they breach to get the, there's parasites on their gills. Oh, get them out. So and they want they get the, they get the fresh water that kills them and then they, and then they splash down and, and okay. it, it, it eliminates them. I don't as long know. as they're not eating on the way up to splash. They weren't eating anybody. They were just jumping. It was <laughs> just, just jumping crazy. around. Yeah. Yeah. They just saw one in Huntington too, recently too. Man, they like did. We go, yeah. Anyways. Most yeah. people can relate. Uh, if you're not living by the coast, they're scared to death of sharks. For but if reason. you, yeah. this, besides Jay, most surfers are not scared of sharks. <laughs> Because you see them all the time, but you should be reverently cautious. Respectful. Respectful towards them. Dude, I just always have like these crazy dreams. I don't know if it's like the over addict <laughs> in me that's always over analyzing fear or whatever. But like I've had several shark dreams where I've been eating and like one of them I like ate and I like I was you know you wake up when something terrible happens. It's one I had in right when I first got sober, actually. I don't know if that had something to do with my brain chemical <laughs> right, drop. Probably. But, but bro, like no joke, I got the shark came, bit me, and it was one of those things where usually you don't die in your dreams, but I remember like going, Oh, I'm dying. Like and I'm like slowly fell and sank. And woke up and I was just like, ah! and then of course I went surfing. Because like you know, I'm obsessed, like <laughs> you think that would keep me out. And moving to Hawaii my first time when I lived on the North Shore. I don't think I had any fear of sharks up until that point. Until I went out there, and then and you could see all. Of I them. worked not not that I worked with a bunch of locals, like lo local Polynesians that loved to scare me. They didn't like me, and then like, and I started asking them, and then I started seeing that beaches were taped off, and I'm like, whoa, why was there yellow tape? And they're like, <laughs> oh, bro, you don't know what you're talking about, huh? Like yeah. you know, like you know, and they start telling you stories of their brothers been bit and their uncles and cousins. I'm like. Oh my gosh, this is real. Oh yeah, there was three fatal attacks when I lived in Hawaii. That's it, man. And, and they it, never advertise it. Like you just you got to know. Not on the tourist. Yeah. On the no, tourist and, and then one guy survived and then died a few years later, like seven years later, got so, hit by a board as a water photographer at Pipeline. Oh wow! Survived a shark attack and then got hit by a surfer. So, and wow! Yeah. <laughs> Dies by a surfer. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I uh, well, I'm glad to have you, man. That's yeah, awesome. Thank I recruited you, you be because here. I've known you for quite a long time on the uh, peripheral. We kind of grew up. You're a little. A couple, I'm called the old man by Jay, but yeah, these are two old guys. Who <laughs> <laughs> old guys who freaking yeah. rip. By the way, <laughs> I saw older. you out in the water a couple weeks ago. I, like I was like, man, I think that's Jeff. Man, he's ripping. He had like a pink, like highlight pink on. Yeah, yeah. pink and yellow, super yeah. bright. Yeah, I saw that board. I'm like, oh man, that guy's ripping. Oh wait, I think it's Jeff. Oh, and then you went in. I was like, oh, all right. The, the eternal Garam. Well, <laughs> I learned, I, I kind of uh, roped you in because you do a podcast, a surf podcast, and yeah. you were very open on that podcast about being in recovery. And I quickly reached out to you and said, hey, you know about the ARP program. Will you please, and it's not well, did you know about the ARP program then? I, I, I knew about it, but not in my area. Okay. So. 
Um, and so let's go back. Uh, that's tough to get this all in a short period of time, but you, when did you, cons when were you consuming drugs and kind of realizing maybe your life's getting out of control by drugs or alcohol? So I started really young, you know, 15, 16, in through my teens and twenties and, um, on and off gave, gave it up maybe for a year or two here and there, kept bouncing back and forth. And I think I finally came to realize it when I was basically forced into rehab about 11 years ago. Um, my life had gotten way out of control and I kept, I moved out of Utah to Washington, lived with family for several months while they waited to get me into the, the recovery program up there, which was a 30 day program, 30 meetings in 30 days. And that's where I learned and so admitted. Before that time, you weren't thinking you had a problem. It was just no bad habit. You slipped here yeah, and then. No big deal. It's just, like, just, yeah, it's just crack yeah. every so just often. Crack. It's no big deal. No big you know? deal. I mean, That's what normal people do. Right. Because right. it's probably in your circle. That, that it was. was it was what everyone did. Yeah. You know, they. Where were you living at the time? I was in Utah. Okay. Yeah. And so it, it was, it, believe it or not, very readily and easily accessible up there. And the crowd I was around were successful, affluent people. And really? Yeah. You just, that's what they did. Ah. You hang out, you start doing coke, and next thing you know, your nose is blown out, and you're doing crack. And of course, drinking with it and every other drug you could get your hands on to equalize. So totally. until people said, you know, we're calling the police and following you around until you do something about it. My sister called me and she was cool enough to say, you're going to rehab. Yeah. And Someone I bought in. me a ticket and I had done funny, I had done helped her get off heroin years prior 10 years before that so it was so you respect her circle. you respected her for calling yeah. you out yeah. because oh, you had yeah. gone to I said over. okay okay All right, I'm I'm, I got on a plane the next day so and that brought me 7 years sobriety yeah. almost and then um wasn't following the steps wasn't attending Did we work meetings. At a program nope okay. I sure wasn't I was working my own program yeah, yeah 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 and my own program was can you have a beer can't you just have one can't you just have one and I did Finally have one, five times, six times, and then I had 12. And then within six months, I had a DUI. I had a second DUI and spent 31 days in jail. And like that. Just, just like, like that. All those years and all those years sober. And then, you know, being, being called out and, you know, losing everything and 31 days in the Slammer was not fun and wasn't pretty. Here? It was in it was in Oregon. Oh wow! And it was it was heavy duty for me. I yeah. mean, never been in trouble, drank and partied my whole life, and never never once. But in that small, you know, time Stand. frame, that I short went to doesn't rock take a lifetime. It doesn't take a lifetime to, to hit bottom, man. It can it can be in a very short period of time. No, zero to rock bottom in less than six months. Yeah, I've been to jail one time. One day, and that was the worst day of my life. Worst bro. day of your it's life. Like you're just I, like believe you, me. You, you immediately feel all the shame, especially like you grew up in the church, right? I did. So growing up in the church, I mean, you're taught that you're, you know, especially for youth, you're the, you're this, you're the light of the world, right? And then like to even me being a convert and being there, it was like it brought back every insecurity and like shame thing that I could just hear in my head that like I am scum, you know, I'm just yeah. like them, and they they don't feel like people in there. They don't have the same upbringing. They have no. A lot of these people have like. We have excuse like we we shouldn't have been there like you know what I mean we didn't right. have no excuse to be there these kids were like born on the streets pretty much and here was I was the, like yeah. perfect family to a degree and yet I found myself in jail like it was crazy. it was really eye opening and I immediately 
you, you're found in that situation. You didn't, you just, you whirlwind out of control and all of a sudden you're there and a week into it, I thought everything was going to be fine. I'd be out. I'd be bailed out. That wasn't what God had in store for me. Mm -hmm. I needed to. And so, you know, my attorney says, I got bad news. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, what he's bad like, news? Yeah, they, they're slapping more charges on, you know, so-and-so's testifying this and this, and it's bad. And I'm like, so at that point, I'd already started reading the Bible, the New Testament. Okay. I couldn't get my hands on a Book of Mormon. The chaplain there would meet with me, but I found, I found my Savior, and I learned about the atonement. And on that 31st day when I got out, I called the missionaries, and I called my bishop, um, I mean, it was the most beautiful thing that's ever happened to me. At the hardest time of my life, I hit rock bottom, but I found my Savior. And I learned what the atonement meant. And for one year, I had the missionaries over three nights a week. I didn't miss one Sunday ever for anything. And, and I really lived the gospel and learned about my addiction and the yeah. and recovery and why the atonement's so important in my recovery. In recovery, yeah. And and I'm telling you, it it changed my life, and I'm never going back down that road. How, how long ago was that? It'll be four years, uh, July 26th. Okay, sweet man, that's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy that like, and you'd mentioned you remember it, like, but you learn it like you said in your bottom. There's even a part in in the, in the ARP. Uh, in the manual that it talks about, um, you know, basically he's he's always been there. He's always patiently waiting for us to just surrender. And for those of us who are addicts or alcoholics or for whatever reason, we're going to – we go seek every way but his. Even like if you're taught your youth or I wasn't taught – you know, I was taught when I was 19. It didn't matter. I quickly took back my will and I was like, I'm going to go at this and I'm going to do it my way. And, you know, I, I believe some of it, but, you know, some of it doesn't apply to me. Like you said, like you're doing your own program. Yeah. Like there are people listening to this right now, maybe that, uh, like, uh, you talk about the short stints. Maybe they're, maybe they just got sober and they think, oh, I'm good. Like that was a short stint and it's over. Well, how many times have you and I have both been in those situations where you thought you're done? Like, I'm hundreds. not, I'm not going to go back. Yeah, I mean, hundreds, yeah, I mean, hundreds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what, what would you say that, that that's different right now in your life uh, over the last four years? Like, what is something that? That have you found? You said you well, served I, your whole life. I mean, yeah. So I takes you away from that, right? Your addiction. Yeah, it took me away from surfing, which is is my identity of who I am. I'm, I mean, I'm 52 years old. I'm I'm the champ in my division. I think I'm like seventh overall in the open men's, which is awesome. no age limit. And and so, you know, I I had I'm in the best best shape I've been in in my entire life, and I. That was the, that's what I had to replace that. It's yeah. okay. I mean, I, I read and study the Book of Mormon every, every day, twice a day. I pray every day. I go awesome. to church every Sunday. I try my hardest to have family home evening in my home mm -hmm. every single week and try to make it to as many classes as I can. And I'm committing now to, you know, one class a week for ARP. Yeah. And the defining change was putting, putting God's will and the atonement first in my life. And saying, and one of the elders, one of the missionaries told me, he drew a line and a continuum, and here's you, and here's where you're facing, and here's where you were, and all that matters is your back is to that, and yeah. you're going in the right direction. doesn't matter how fast you're going, it's that you're going in the right direction. Yeah. So I've just maintained, I don't, if I make a mistake here and there, 
I repent. I take the sacrament. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I was uh, rebaptized um, almost a year ago. That's awesome. And that was amazing. And you yeah. know, I I want I'm I've been seeking to replicate that day because it was so amazing. Yeah. And it was it was just a beautiful, amazing thing. So every Sunday, I remember that day when I take the yeah, sacrament, yeah, and renew yeah. my covenants, and say, yeah. "What can I do better this week?" Awesome. Man. So some people that might be listening may have had uh, 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 some church disciplinary counsel where they maybe disfellowship or excommunicated, and I think the the fear of shame and the worst day. But you just shared how that is actually the best day, like having to go through that. Yeah. In hindsight. Yeah, it was, was yeah, it was actually wonderful experience. the second time I'd been excommunicated. Oh, okay. So it was it was years. It was years of okay. working. Not, not an easy program. road back. No, it was not an easy road back. And you, but that. Like you said you're back. Like that's the I'm crazy back. part. Yeah. It's like And and are you judged anything different from I mean, you kind of in the same area you grew up in. Yeah. And I think the fear, especially church culture, is Almost this judgment judged. of like, oh, you've done this, you keep messing up. You, if you get ex, you got excommunicated twice. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, ha, have you seen anybody like judged. judge you I've on that, or or more embracement? Zero judgment whatsoever. All the judgment that I felt my entire life from other members was in my head. It's because not even freaking real. It's, it's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Jesus Christ doesn't even even judge. He doesn't judge us, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. and doesn't He accepts us for who we are and what we are. And so when I opened my eyes and found the truth and, and lived it, everyone with open arms. Yeah. You, you, you look different, Jeff. You look, yeah, you look great. You look They're like stoked. Great. They're yeah, stoked. They're like, yeah. This is amazing. Like they may know. They may have heard. Yeah, They're and, then, like, I oh, hear, hey, dude, and then I hear my brother, you know, or you know, some yeah. family member, somebody saying that, oh, my gosh, Jeff looks great. He's doing awesome. And it just keeps you pumped up, man. It does. That's just crazy. You read these positive. blogs. You read these, like, anti-blogs when you're talking about the church, you know. And they were, oh, everyone's judgmental. It's like I've never <laughs> felt judged. Like you said, though, the crazy part is like when you do your fourth step, you realize that resentments and fears are some of the things. Right? Fears start everything, right? Yeah. And our fears, uh, that's where the breeding ground is for all of our chaos, right? Yeah. And it's like, and uh, how many times, I got this fellowship too, like uh, a year after my mission, two, two years after my mission, I'd been a member for three, four years. And uh, when I got this fellowship, I, I, I was like, man, I felt so, you know, I was judged and this, that, and the other. And I'd waited so long. And I, I stayed active as far as going to church. But, like, I a piece of me was like, I'll never share with anyone again. Like, you know, like a bishopric. You know, right. like, I'm not going to tell them. I'll go. But, like, I'm keeping everything to myself now because, like, X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah. And, then I, and unfortunately, that led to, like you said, it was in my head. It led to resentments. The resentments led me to use. And then I found myself... Not uh, church disciplinary, but I found my wife, and most people listening know my stories. Like, my wife left. I was massively addicted to all these pills, you know, and the same, you know, in that new cycle. And um, I just loved what you said. That uh, was in your head. It's none of that's it real. Was, like, it was all imaginary, made up in my, by my own insecurities and yeah. all the reason I used in the first place. I, I wasn't, I didn't love myself. I wasn't happy with myself. I didn't know who I was or what I stood for. But on the outside, did it seem, because every... You were oh, like, man, you're the I stud. Like, like was, everyone looks yeah. up to you on the outside. Was everything awesome? Oh, everything was great. Yeah, Jeff, Jesse, woohoo. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you're the man. It's like, all right, yeah, I'm the man. And and you keep telling yourself that over and over and over. But inside, you're like, what am I really? Yeah. And until I found out 
and realized after blessing after blessing from different person, from different city, from different state, mm. all, every single one of my blessings, whether it's for comfort or for healing, all start out with, I can, I can hardly even say it, your heavenly father wants you to know that he loves you. And that goes for every human being out there listening right now. Your heavenly father wants to know that he loves you. He doesn't care where you're at right now. Yeah. He just wants you to know that he loves you, period. It's amazing. It meant everything to me. It's amazing. It's amazing. Unconditionally. Man. And, and uh, our disease, you know, as addicts, our disease tells us that we're alone. You know, I heard an analogy in one of the meetings that when, when, you, when you first get committed to, to or when you, when you first, you can think back that first time you drank, the first time you smoked, the first time you did all, whatever drug or addiction or maybe it's pornography if someone's listening, but... Um, in your head, Satan gets you to think that everyone's doing it, right? So it's like, it's not going to matter. It's just one time, like everyone's doing it. It's not a big deal. Like so-and-so yeah. did it. He's doing great, right? Or so-and-so friend introduced you. You look up to that person. You're like, he's great. His life. He's man His life's life. awesome, man. He's, he's killing it or whatever he's doing. So then you do it, right? But then when we go to repent and then when we go to change our life, Satan uh, flips the script and goes, you're the only one that's ever done it. If you go tell that bishop, if you go tell that sponsor, if you go to that meeting, that ARP meeting that someone told you about, you're going to be found out, man. Like, they, you know, and, and none of them's done what you've done. You're horrible. You're a piece of, you know what I mean? It's just all these. All in your mind. It's all freaking in it your is. mind. And it is, it is, it is Satan. That's his way of, the insecurities of not, not believing and not having faith are, are the reason we get scared. Fear itself is lack of faith. Hands yeah. down. They and can't coexist, right? It says that. No, like, like no. honesty and pride, they just don't go together. They don't go together. And and when you give up and you give all your faith, you have no choice. Yeah, and you but have to hope, believe right? And hope. Like Absolutely. what we were talking about in the meeting today. Absolutely. So if I read this, both of you guys, this scripture means like I just see your guys' faces when I when I read Ether 12, 27. If men come unto me, I'll show unto them their weakness. And I give unto men weakness that they may be humble, and my grace is efficient. For all men that humble themselves before me, and if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then I will make weak things become strong into them. And, I mean, you both have the personalities to help a tremendous amount of people, as long as you don't keep your mouth shut, which you don't, and as long as you... <laughs> that's what Satan wants. Oh. Like, I mean, the, the best way that he gets me to shut my mouth is to isolate, to think that my message isn't good enough, you know, or that I've been there or... I've said this before, so I don't want to say it again. Like, he comes up with all these lies. And like, who am I? Who am I? Who am I to share, man? Who am I to share anything? Who when am I first I got speak? sober, and um, and then I want to hear what your, what your take is. And when I first got sober and I was coming to meetings, my wife came back to me. We were going to San Clemente. We were living in L.A. and we are driving because I had lived here. And now, luckily, a family member in L.A. took us in and let our family live there. Um, but I was like, I got to go to that San Clemente meeting. There's something special down there. So I we drive all the way there, the hour, drop our little kids off, my mom in Laguna, then drive down there, then pick them up. Anyways, just chaotic. But one time, this now three, four months into sobriety, I'm like, okay, I started to feel like I am an addict. Like, this is my people. It's the right place, and there's hope. However, I never forget that one drive, driving home with the kids in the back seat. And I remember looking at my wife, who I was grateful to have back, but I was like, this is awesome, man. That meeting was so powerful, but I was like, I'll never be able to uh, be like so-and-so in the meeting. I'll never be able to share my faith, experience, and hope like that again because I was so mentally jacked up still. Like four months into recovery, my brain still wasn't working right. Oh, yeah. And I had so much – I had never had anxiety. Now I had social anxiety galore. Yeah. You know, I was coming off uppers and downers. And I just remember telling her like – and she didn't say anything. And she knew me as this powerful, like aggressive, you know, like whatever. 
And then I was this person now that was like, that was it, man. I had my run and I just, I guess the best for me is like, I just, I'll just get sober and I'll be a good dad and do construction the rest of my life. Or, you know, I don't know. I just had some cap on what I was going to be. Right. And then it turns out, I was like, whoa, either 12, 27, just had to take some time. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Right. And then yeah. all of a sudden this heavenly father's like, man, you're short, you're short changing yourself, man. I got way, you think you were good, but when you joined the church or you think you were good X, Y, and Z time, I'm going to make it even better. Yeah. And then, and then you do exactly what you said. I mean, how, how's that been for you as far as, well, I mean, uh, where, as, take yourself back to that lowest point. Yeah. Not where you're then, at today. As far as, you know, making weak string, weak, weak things strong. Um, just one is just that I, that I'm able to, to openly and, and just have this and very, tonight. very proudly admit where I've been in my life and that I've gone through these, these challenges and I've, 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 reached these levels of success because of what I've been through. Mm -hmm. And it helps me understand when I see someone saying, well, yeah, you know, and, and I'm, I still just, you know, have, have a beer every now and then or this or that. And I say, yeah, no, I, That's I, not for me, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm, so clean. I, I I barely even eat any food that's not, you know, grown in my backyard and, you yeah. know, grass fed by, you know, the farmer next door. I mean, I, I, I eat I everything that goes in my body is so perfect and because clean crucial. and crucial. And so they see that. And then how are you, how are you doing this? Well, here's where I started. I, mean, I had to get off poison, you know, <laughs> and things that I was committing suicide with. And once I stopped that and realized, oh, uh-huh, then it led to a whole chain of, you know, that's what put me where I am today. Yeah. And, and I truly believe, I mean, any, anyone could have won the championship. I mean, it was a, a game of, of, of waves and I prayed, I pray every time before I surf, I pray yeah. every time before I compete, let the best man win. Yeah. And, and, and if it's me today, then I'll, I'll testify for you that, you know, I'm only here because of you. Of and, and that's the yeah. truth. I mean, that's, they're all just as good. It's just, I want it more because I have more to say, and I'm going to say something good when I'm given the mic. I'm going to step up, and I'm going to testify to my Savior's love and my Heavenly Father's love for me and everyone else on the planet. And I'm going to let him know I'm only here because of this, and that's a fact, and nothing can change that. And so many people, uh, and it's so awesome. I have a friend, UFC, yeah, UFC fighter too. It's Court McGee. He's uh, fights in UFC for a few years out of Utah. Okay, if or him. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Ten, 10 years sober, heroin, and every time yeah. UFC covers him, I mean that's all he talks about. He fall on Instagram. He's like flat out. He's like, dude, I was dead in ten years. You know, like, I was flatline dead. And I just think of the platform you have now too, and it's just awesome that you chose to be here tonight instead of um, you know. There's a lot of other things. You got a family. You got a wife. You got. A career job you have all these things that you're doing in your life and instead take the time out of your life to do this you know which is part of the faith right you're having faith yeah. that we're not just three guys just sitting here i'm not gonna lie i don't know if you know this but brad <laughs> hit me up with this idea i was like you're crazy man i'm like don't worry, i have an ego and i want to hear myself talk but no one yeah. else wants to hear you me can talk. blame him for part of it because when i saw him doing a podcast i'm like that's a good idea he, did. he told me yeah. about your podcast the first time i met you and he came he's like you gotta check his podcast and at the time i wasn't really into i wasn't listening to podcasts now i am and i'm like oh man i'm gonna listen but when he hit me up i'm like no one's going to listen to this, right? Like, I'm like, yeah. who, who, I mean, maybe outside of our friends, we're going to have to really rep it. Like, what? And I'm like, I know the the benefit it's had in our community. Like, uh, uh, I've spoke at the high schools now. Oh, man, Beach that's awesome. Sale, All these things. But, and, um, but I'm like, man, who's going to listen? 40-something countries are listening right now. That's really cool. And In a few weeks of, like, I mean, we've been doing this for a few weeks, like a multiple and weeks. And when you yeah. sit from that, when you realize, I'm like, oh, man, I'm, 
I just won the U.S. championship. Why did God allow this to happen? Yeah. You know, I'm such a cocky, arrogant jerk. <laughs> Why would he allow this to happen? It's because I'm not going to ever be a cocky, arrogant jerk again. I yeah. only have this because of him. Only because of him am I going to be able to testify to people that you can live a healthy, clean, sober lifestyle and do whatever you want to do at any age. Yeah. I mean, I'm 52 years old. I'll be 53 You're not throwing in the month. towel. You're not throwing in the not towel. Not even Go close. To my, my, my... Yeah. I'm better now than I was at 19. That's what I'm and saying, And I've yeah. beaten 19-year-olds every single contest. I and mean, at 19, weren't you on uh, San Clemente Locals? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A surf movie that was out. <clears throat> I was pretty good, but it's You're funny, still I'm, good, man. I'm better it's now. It's like a couple weeks ago, bro. Yeah. Ripping. But um, better than your surfing is your recovery and your ability, yeah. the message to, to shed light on this, destigmatize it. But that's unique and, is and what you're saying, hope. too. Is unique is what you're saying. Like, like you said, like, oh... Most people win, you know, they win or they're, they're any in competition, success in business, they write books about all the things they did great, right? It's not it's about, about me. It's not me. about a book about who helped you get there and yeah. all the failures. And, and uh, when really, um, when you dive deep and you learn history about anyone, really, they're there because of a lot of failures, like a lot of mistakes, a lot of darkness. And, and there's a lot of people behind the scenes that got them there. Yeah. Right? Like your sister, right? You tell oh, us yeah. that, right? Oh, yeah. She, she helps you get... There's so many people, my best friend, you know, just so many watching your current wife. I mean, there's other best friend, my wife. Yeah. I I mean, it's just the list is is unbelievable. But really, it comes back to, again, my heavenly father totally sending his only son to die for us. I mean, really, if you have kids. Wow. Imagine that. It's unfathomable for a human being that has a parent to have a child and imagine giving them giving their free. life. It's, it, and that's why, because I was blessed. Yeah. I mean, I started that season off, just so you know. I had just recovered from like you four broke broken legs ribs. Or... And then I snapped my ankle at the ankle and my uh, tib. So it was a double break. But the fracture, they had to screw it back in. This was, I won the first event of that season. And then three weeks later, right before the next event, um, in an eight foot barrel at Riviera and two feet of sand, Jumped off. Six inches. I got, I did a no grab, pulling the barrel, stepped off in dry sand, snapped my ankle, got two screws and a pin in there, and came back that season, won the U.S. championship, well, won the West Coast championships and the U.S. championships. And it was through some serious, serious comeback. I mean, I mean, some people don't want to ever come back from that injury. Totally. And, And so I know that it was through those difficulties that I was made stronger, totally. just like everything else. And, you know... Uh, you finally learn the key to success, which is your, your failures aren't your failures. You know what I mean? Like these dark times... Everything's only what you let it be in your It's your perspective, mind. like you said. It's, it's all, all in your head. It's all how you see it, yeah. It's all in your head. Right. It's like, no, I'm coming back. It doesn't matter. I think we'll awesome. end... Awesome. Richard G. Scott summed up what you just said, which said... He said, no matter what the source of difficulty and no matter how you begin to obtain relief... Through a, call, through a qualified professional therapist, doctor, priest leader, friend, concerned parent, or loved one, no matter how you begin, those solutions will never provide a complete answer. The final healing comes through the faith in Jesus Christ and his teachings with a broken heart and contrite spirit and obedience to his commandments. Yeah. That's exactly what kind of the theme of what you've been talking about. Yep. The one thing that we can offer up to show our gratitude is he asked of one thing. Bring unto me a broken heart and a contrite spirit. That's it. And that's sometimes hard. You have to think, what does that mean? 
and day to day, I think about that. I read DNC 59 every day. And I do love the, the Lord my God with all my heart, my mind and strength. You can tell, strength. man. You can feel it when you're talking. I mean, there's, there's, go to church, right? We all go to church a lot, right? We all go, we spend a lot of time with people who, um, who may talk about it from pulpits, and that's great, and they're whatever part of their journey. But the point is that I can feel it right now. And if uh, one more thing before we end, if you know, if you got someone listening, what, what's the one thing that you would share with a, a, a person that maybe is on the fence about uh, surrendering? What would you? What's the, what's the number one thing you could say to them? Number one thing is it's it's never too late, and if you've never done too much, no matter where you're at, you can simply all you have to do is picture that continuum, turn your back, turn your face towards Christ and Heavenly Father, turn your back towards evil, Satan, and, and your, mistakes, your addictions your and yeah. your mistakes in your past and leave them there. I, the Lord, will for, forgive go. you and remember your sins no more. Go and, and let him go. Move on. Move forward. See the, see the light and realize it gets better. It does get better. All you have to do is want it, admit it, and take the steps that you need to move forward and have faith and believe. Because if you don't believe in yourself, that's fine. But Heavenly Father loves you, and he wants you to know that he loves you. Like you said, with the blessings. Yep. Every single time. Powerful stuff, man. That's beautiful. We'll leave it there. Until next time, I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an addict. Have a good day. Thanks so much, brother. Thank you.
Yeah.